Five by five at the movies. Five by five at the movies. We like watching movies. Now listen to the show. This episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Hey, they're they're not our sponsor. I just oh. ate a, I just ate a bunch of HelloFresh, oh. so all my energy <laughs> came from HelloFresh food. All right, so P- it's kind of potential sponsor HelloFresh. I don't think they're gonna sponsor us, but I did two HelloFresh meals so far. Yeah, that's all I care to say about it because they're not giving us any money. All right, uh, hi going to say neither good or bad things. Yeah, not until because, they give me some money. Yeah, <laughs> I'll talk about I'll uh, whatever. Say all of the good things about one of your competitors. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is episode one hundred and two. We're getting deeper into triple digits. Hey, we're back hey. on our uh, marathon of guests. We have yeah. a very important special guest this week. Very nice. Um, uh, let's dive into the show. Uh, I have to give a special thank you to our listeners mm. because because of our listeners we have really streamlined the show <laughs> yeah. because i have no emails to talk about no reviews yep. no new patreons hey, nothing right about the charts it. we're getting right into the news because nobody gives a fuck <laughs> so thank you the maybe, listeners maybe we should change it from we'll say whatever you want us to say to we'll stop saying stuff right so the more money <laughs> you give us Line the more the we'll just hop right into the news. <laughs> is it that you just really want a shorter show? No, <laughs> that's not what it is. No, I mean us. the audience. No, <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. That's not. They don't give a shit. They just don't Send like. Not even a rate. Not even a five star click of the six thousand people a month that listen to this show. Not a single one of them wants to click five stars for us. It's in the app you're currently listening to. A handful to. of you already have, and if you did, thank you. Uh, exactly a handful. I can hold <laughs> yes, all of you in my hand. That's why I said it that way. Ridiculous. <laughs> all right, uh, let's pop into Box Office Mojo. Dan, what was oh, the number box one movie? Uh, is it still uh, Tenet? From, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, it's, if, it's if Tenet. It could, yeah, it is technically still number one. Sure. Uh, it's, I just hit the mic. Nice. Uh, <laughs> number one was 6.7 million. Oh, that's Not a drop off. Yeah. Uh, it seems Oof. like everyone that was like super hardcore about seeing a movie has done it. Yeah. And that's it. Oof. Number two, Ooh. New Mutants with 2.1. And number three, Unhinged, dropping only slightly with 1.5. Yep. I think Unhinged is going to be like that underdog that just stays in theaters forever. Yeah, right. making a million and a half dollars. Yeah, maybe Unhinged is going to make Tenet money mm-hmm. <laughs> just for just staying Longevity. in longer. Yeah. We've got a lot of Tenet news, but we're going to get back to it because we have to talk about the biggest story of the week. Oh, snap. <laughs> what, Dan, what do you think the biggest, longest, hardest story of the week might be? Well, I didn't see this story that is uh, As well, you should. You should respect people's privacy. Hard. So, here's what happened. Chris Evans went on Instagram. And, As he is wont to do. Sure. Uh, and it's funny, you know, it's he has actually talked a lot about, because he doesn't really do a lot of social media. Mm. And he's got this really interesting talk at one point about how, you know, when you're a kid growing up, celebrities are larger than life and they're an enigma and they're like, you know, mm. almost gods. And now it's like... Yeah, you especially can, for our generation. Right, yeah. without the internet. Now you can like see every second of every celebrity's day. Yeah. And it, he's like, it kind of takes the mystique away. So he tries not to be super involved, but also not too far away you yeah know, to people not, they want. not so, unreachable but yeah some somehow having somewhat some semblance of sure. privacy <laughs> somehow 
on his Instagram, he showed like uh, the eight pictures he has on his camera. Yeah, mold. I guess it was like some something where he tried to bring a up a picture and it was or like yeah. just flipping through them. But and it was just the camera roll in the background, just sure. random pictures. Unfortunately, one of the pictures uh-huh. was his dick. <laughs> uh, so he inadvertently exposed himself. I won't say it's like setting an unwanted dick pic. This was an accident. Yep. He's very embarrassed, presumably, yeah. although he shouldn't be. Uh, <laughs> So, and here's something that, like, immediately a lot of people brought up to me. Had this been any woman, like Scarlett Johansson, Mm -hmm. anyone, she would have been slut-shamed. She would have been brought through the mud. It would have been, like, kind of like the fappening. Like, it would have been a really big (laughs) big deal. Um, But because it's a dude, and especially such a popular dude, everyone laughs it off like, oh, well, it's just a dick. Now, yeah. going on the theme of a double standard, it is never okay to invade someone's privacy. If someone has... If someone has a a, a nude leaked, uh, stay away from it. Yeah. Uh, that being said, mm-hmm. I looked at Chris Evans' dick. Of course, uh, <laughs> right? Because I was very curious. And again, like, there's this double standard. Like, had this been an actress, of course not. But I had to see America's dick. Had to see the other side of the equation. Yeah, it's a big dick. He should be very pleased with himself. That's um, why he's got that kind of energy. Sure. Yeah. It's justified. Why not? Yeah. If I if if my you know if if my dick looked like that dick and it leaked, I'd be like whatever, enjoy. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, again, like it's never okay. Don't go look at it like I did. Don't go look at anyone's that doesn't that don't want you to see it. It's for her due diligence for the yeah. podcast. No, I'm serious. You never should, but I did. Uh, but uh, the the best part of this story is the follow up because you know yes. uh, other celebrities had been like tweeting at him and like kind of like poking fun. Like Mark Ruffalo was like, "Hey, you know, nothing you do could possibly as be embarrassing as anything Trump's ever done." Mm. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis uh, was just like, my boy, you certainly have my attention. Uh, because she plays his mom in Knives, yeah, Out. Knives Out. Ah, she shut up. We're doing a podcast. Don't do it. Um, uh, but more importantly, like a day after all this happened, he went on and said, now that I have your attention, go vote November 3rd. Yeah. Which I thought was uh, fantastic. The, the best way to spin that and the best yeah. way to use that kind of clout he got. Yeah. And also, not, Chris. Not only am I a dude with a platform, but I have a mega platform right now. Yeah. Everyone what, what is can I do bated with it? breath. Want to know what you think about you accidentally exposing your dick to the world. Yeah. And there was like speculation, like, well, it was just on his camera roll. So, like. It doesn't have to have been from your camera. It could have just been like a saved picture or something that somebody said or whatever. So there was speculation if it was even his or not. Right. And in his his uh, vote tweet, he actually put a face palm and like a shrugging yeah. emoji. So it was like, yeah, that was yeah. me. What are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, so Chris, if you're listening, uh, good use of that notoriety and yes. uh, very nice dick. <laughs> Proud of you. Proud of so you, Captain. Heard. <laughs> well, I saw it. Good job, Captain. It's America's dick. That's America's dick. That's the first thing I tweeted about it. America's dick that we want, not the yeah. one we have. Sure. It's not orange and two inches long. Yeah. All right. Uh, theaters are in trouble. Next yep. piece of news. Uh, yep, still. For a couple reasons. Ongoing. Yep. One of the biggest detractors, unfortunately, was Tenant. 
Mm-hmm. So Tenant opened and then bombed. Yes. And like nobody could have predicted this. Nobody, <laughs> nobody. could have thought, hey, because there's nothing going on in the world that would stop people from going to movies. Ugh. Chris Nolan's one of the most bankable directors on the planet. Who would have thought that releasing a movie right now? Not the list of entire countries who are like, please don't do this. Sure. So no one could have predicted this bomb at all. Uh, especially any baby directors. Uh, so that came out. And now here's the thing about. Uh, businesses when you're down when you Mm -hmm. are not open it's a lot easier to negotiate rent it's a lot easier to get your landlord financial assistance from government programs anything it's a lot easier to say hey we're not open there's no money coming in i got nothing to give you you can evict me but then you're gonna have to find another movie theater to come in yeah so when you open Mm -hmm. and and then there's like they're trying to spin this and good news like hey a a tenant actually made lots of money this is great save theaters mission accomplished when you land on an aircraft carrier and say mission accomplished (laughs) when you hadn't it fucks everything up so now those landlords want a piece of that fucking tenant money they're Mm -hmm. like hey this is a 51 billion dollar industry a year just the theaters we want our piece of the pie your business is running fuck you pay me now, when the theaters are running at 25 to 50% capacity, and they're not even filling that because after mm-hmm. the first weekend, nobody gave a fuck about Tenet because the diehards already went and saw it, and they're not going to go see it again because it's one thing to risk your life once to see a movie, but another thing yeah. to risk it twice. Yep. Now, uh, now it's fading, so uh, the theaters are just working to break even, not even make money, but when the, you put yeah. in like, probably the biggest piece of your puzzle of money coming in is going to rent. Yeah, property rent, electricity. Tax. Yeah, I would think either either labor or rent are your top two. Yeah, maybe less on the labor side. Maybe you're running skeleton crew. Yeah, but I mean that rent's a huge fucking job. as a former yeah, business owner. Here. I'll tell you. I mean, it's a full projectionist staff if you're you know running all the theaters all day. Yeah, it's no, that's your... not true. No, nah. no. Um, I mean, I would say at like your big chains like AMC and Regal, they probably are not projectionists. They're all yeah. done like at a central location and they're like they're computer based and they send it out. Hmm. All right. Like even at a, a movie theater that I work at, the projectionist isn't there the whole time. Yeah. yeah. They won't That's come fair. until later yeah. in the day after a few rounds of movies have gone. Word. And right. there's like a central IT that does it. So um neither here nor there, that's fucking them over. Uh there's not new movies coming out either mm. now because of tenant failing we're waiting to hear yeah, the news of both, other movies pushing both back wonder woman and black widow are if they're not pushed back already we're gonna hear it in the next couple days they're yep. being pushed back again because tenant fucking failed which yep. means now these theaters that have reopened their only course of action is to throw is to play old movies which although may be more profitable yeah for a full theater is not more profitable for a new movie you need yeah, these it was people great coming for in. drive-ins people sure. are desperate to go out and see a thing and yeah. feel safe to do so in their own vehicle. Sure. So that's not, fucking... not so great for indoor movie theaters. So the theaters that opened are now looking at reclosing, and that's going to yep. be harder for them to negotiate mm-hmm. for the money, for their rent, for government subsidies. Everything's yep. fucking everyone over. Let's talk about Tenant. Yep. Tenant has made two hundred and seven point five dollars million dollars. Two hundred and seven point five dollars. Two hundred and seven point five million dollars worldwide so far. Yeah, which they were probably hoping to make domestically. Right. Yeah. Uh, again, like they needed to make closer to five hundred million to break even. Just to break even. Yeah. And they will. The rounds they'll and they'll rounds eventually get and, it. Yeah. This might be a situation where they keep the fucker in the theaters for a year. If they I have mean, to. if nobody else is coming out with theirs, it may it may literally be the only you know right. blockbuster in theaters say. for the next six months. Um. 
And an interesting thing they're doing, it's having such a bad showing that they're going to allow LA drive-ins to show it. Now, right now, (laughs) Warner Brothers is not allowing it to show at drive-ins anywhere where the market's closed. So it's like, if your theater can't show it, your drive-ins can't. But they're changing that for LA because that's one of the two biggest movie markets in the country. Mm -hmm. And again, they are hemorrhaging cash on this fucking movie. So the only market (laughs) in the world that's going to be allowed to show at a drive-in and not in a regular theater is going to be LA because they know that movie, which I'm sure pisses off every LA theater owner. Yep. Because fuck that, dude. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. Everything about this tenant release is yeah. <laughs> not it's a bad good. idea. Uh, bad idea that went worse than they thought it was going it to. Six days ago, Dr. Fauci got on the news and said, hey, it will not be safe to sit in a theater without a mask for another year because even if a vaccine comes out, because you need to wait till everybody has it and it starts generating and working. Yep. So like it might be safe to go to a theater within this next year with a mask on, but to just sit and have a normal movie experience, we're looking at another year from now, not next year, another year from now. I I saw a real fun headline. I bet you didn't. That was terrifying. (laughs) What'd you say? Um, that was if the, uh, if the vaccine needs two rounds to do, right. Uh, that the manufacturing capacity and, uh, distribution capacity is such that, uh, it wouldn't be fully done until 2024. Right. Yeah. I've seen similar things where it's like, it's not just not have gone fully out for another four years. All right. It's not just making enough vaccine. It's also making enough syringes, making enough wraps for those syringes, Mm -hmm. like everything. And if you can get reinfected, you have to be able to do it at the same time, you know, enough at the, at the right time, all at the same time to even make a difference in the first place. Yeah. Uh, and like not to get all, get off of movies too much and on to Corona too too much, but yeah, uh, I, I saw an interesting thing about Pfizer is mm. making a vaccine and they're cre- like they're still in their blind test, but they're creating the vaccine syringes now, banking that it will work mm-hmm. because if it does work, they gotta get it out quick because even if they wait and wait and wait, by the time they figure out it will work, it's gonna be too late for them to keep making new syringes and stuff. So yeah, yeah, trying to get ahead. Ahead yeah. of the yeah, so production capacity. Good on them. Where well, you know, they're, they're taking a gamble. Whatever we can do to get stuff sure. working back again. All right, let's go for some more positive news. Ray Fisher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ray yeah. Fisher. Um, uh, interesting claim. So we, we talked about before, and like, so now I've looked into it. Now I'm like, mm. what is Ray Fisher talking about? So there are no details on anything it's all very vague yeah um, it's all very under investigation we're yeah. not so yeah. here's what he says uh ray fisher says that there was a toxic abusive situation going on from joss whedon uh the director of uh justice league mm-hmm. and the executives jeff johns and john burke yes that all, all they the, were all these triumvirate they were all of bad dickheads. enabling each other right they just treat everyone like trash they yeah. just be a dickhead to everyone create a really abusive situation so now since then mm-hmm. jason momoa has come up and said you know hashtag i stand with ray fisher but also mm-hmm. says the shitty way we were treated so yeah. he says it was not just to ray fisher it was a set that was shitty also um uh, the actress that played iris west uh, mm. That was cut out of the movie. Said the same yeah. thing. I was treated like shit, and then they cut yep. me out of the movie. Um, Weirdly, 
all people who aren't white. Truth. Uh, <laughs> the other side of that, and I, I know nothing about yeah. someone's experience that isn't white. If I was Jason Momoa and someone tried to be shitty to me, I would <laughs> grab their head and crush it. <laughs> crush it <laughs> yeah. in your fist. Yeah. I'd say, now you're a puddle, so fuck yourself. What are you going to do? I'm Jason fucking Momoa. What the fuck are you going to do? I'm Carl Drogo, you motherfucker. Um, neither here nor there. So now all that's going on. So now Ray Fisher said, hey, by the way, they put out the news of Affleck going into the Flash mm-hmm. early, a whole week earlier. Than yeah, it seemed a weird timing considering that DC Fandom, Fandom was, was coming up. And that sounds like the kind of thing you might want to release during right. your event that you control. And then previously said, you know, the people that are doing the Flash were shocked that Affleck said yes so much. So maybe mm-hmm. WB is just like, hey, here's a bunch of money yeah. so that we can bury this other thing. Yeah. Uh, now, I thought that the Affleck thing and the Keaton thing were both to bury the <laughs> allegations <laughs> against Ezra Miller. <laughs> yeah. So, like, WB is just a whole bunch of <laughs> shitty white people. Yeah. So that's one. And not only that, so the timing works out, too, with the announcement, because the right. um, Ray Fisher put out his tweet, what was it, like, August 20th mm-hmm. at, like, 1.30 p.m. Sure. And then news broke of Batfleck coming back an hour and a half later. Sure. Now, on <laughs> like top that of that. That was the first mention of it. <laughs> WB also around this time put out a release that says, hey, Jason Momoa is going to star in our live action Frosty the Snowman movie. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Okay. One. Uh, but Momoa goes back and says, hey, not only am I not starring in that thing, uh. it was only in talks. Like, they put it out without talking to him because uh. they're just trying to throw more and more press releases out on anything. Uh, now, WB doesn't have a lot of press releases to release right now because yeah, everything shut, shut down because down. of COVID. Yeah. So they took any kind of straw they could grasp at and throw it out. So Momo is like, I'm not doing this. I never agreed to it. Ooh, and they are fuck. doing this to take uh, uh, attention yeah. away from me. Yeah, saying they're trying I support to have something else come up when you Google my name. Right. To dilute oh, it. fuck. So he's pissed. And now, again, both these actors are taking kind of a gamble yep. like you said Ray Fisher's got another you know kind of world to lean on Jason Momoa's I'm pretty sure he'll be okay he's Jason <laughs> yeah all of he's, these people are millionaires he's but basically whatever like yeah. alternate universe the rock at this point like yeah. if you need a big badass like he's coming in yep so he's kind of fine with it now I can't imagine being a like a Ben Affleck or a Henry Cavill on that set and someone being shitty mm. to me because I'm like I will go sit in my trailer and stall this shit for a year, <laughs> yeah. Or I'll come out and do bad takes on purpose and fuck your career up, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. How about you that? You spent three million dollars on a suit that only fits me, <laughs> right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So now I have to imagine that one because he's black and two because he's kind of a, a smaller name. Like that's why you know a bully would pick on Ray Fisher, yeah. But to go after Momoa is fucking brave. Yeah. Again, because like. Yeah, billion dollar movie Aquaman. Right. Like, now, uh, yeah. again, like Henry Cavill may be Superman, but Momoa is the one I'm not picking a fight with. <laughs> yeah. Like if you said, hey, Keith, you got to fight either Henry Cavill or Jason Momoa. <laughs> I'm getting my ass kicked bad either way, but I'm going for Cavill. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know? Cavill will still kick my ass pretty good, but. Yeah. But Momo yeah, might but kill Mo- me. Yeah. <laughs> Momo would break me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, again, uh, I mean, again, always, you know, always believe everyone. I, I do. It's none of our business. I do wish we know specifics because I don't know what 
the abusive treatment is. Was he yeah. racist? Was he misogynist? Like, what was he? Was he physically abusive? Yeah. Or was he just a dickhead bullying boss? Because honestly, if I'm put in that position, I have a dickhead bullying boss, I might just be a dickhead back to him. But again, not mm. everyone's like that. Maybe Ray Fisher's like the nicest yeah. guy in and the world. And there's also not potentially, a, you know, millions of dollars on the line. Sure. You know, a job for us is <laughs> slightly different, you know, money-wise right. than a, than that job. That job, keeping it, is like, okay, I can have a house and a family and my kids can go to college and right. I'll never have to work again. Sure. So, I don't know, but I want to yeah. hear more about it, but, uh, I mean, like, oh, whole other, I totally forgot, there's a whole other part of this fucking story. <laughs> yeah. So... Ray Fisher, in the thick of all this, mm. starts having a conversation with the um, the head of DC Films, who is Walter Hamada. Yes. And Walter Hamada is trying to calm down Ray Fisher, <laughs> trying to get him to stop he's like, hey, tweeting things. Like, let's, right. let's deal with this uh, behind the scenes. And he's, he talks to him. He's like, hey, I understand Joss Whedon is an asshole, mm. um, but we can't fuck with Jeff Johns because he's kind of our bread and body, butter guy right now. Mm. So he offers up. He's like, WB will throw John Berg and Joss Whedon under the bus if Ugh. you lay off of Jeff Johns. Oh, fuck. Uh, which is so shitty. So then Ray Fisher's like, cool. And then told everyone about that conversation. <laughs> Conversation to which yeah. WB is like, hey, uh, one, that didn't happen. And two, you know, the investigation can't move forward because you won't speak, speak about specific incidences. Mm-hmm. Um, to which uh, uh, Ray Fisher is just like, here are the exact things Walter Hamada said. I dare you to sue me. I dare you to say in public, you did not say these things. Yeah. So it is a very tumultuous relationship. Now, all this being said, Ray Fisher is still going to be in the Flash movie. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess it would be a bad look for them to fire him right now. Yeah. But it's just so... And like, What kind of working so relationship yeah. could that possibly have? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm Oof. very excited. Uh, an inside source, someone working on the Flash, by the way, says that there are many more DC characters in this movie than you think there are. Okay. It says eight I mean, crosses. it makes sense if they're doing Flashpoint right. full on. Like, Multiple timelines. Yeah. He says they haven't forgotten anything that's ever happened on screen, yep. and it's all coming together, so they're, I'm pretty hyped. They're probably going to wind up doing what everybody hoped Marvel would do and bring all the TV characters in. Sure. Yeah. Like now, Doom Patrol and Titans and all and of that And I'm getting stuff. really torn because, one, I already was so anti-Ezra Fisher, I'm willing to wait till this shit is free on the <laughs> Ezra internet. Miller? <laughs> what Ezra I Fisher? Oh, yeah, Ezra Fisher. <laughs> Same thing. their couple name. Yeah. <laughs> shit. <laughs> shit. Uh, yeah, Ezra Miller. Um, but now I have to hate all of WB from the top executive mm. down. Everyone. Walter Mata, John Berg, Jeff Johns, everyone's a piece of shit. Yeah. But you know who's not a piece of shit? Ben Affleck. And he deserves to be Batman. <laughs> yeah. And I want to see this movie, but I'm super torn now because it's kind of like, man, Chick-fil-A makes a delicious sandwich, but boy, yeah. I can't eat it because it's hate chicken. Yep. And I will never order food from Chick-fil-A. If I get a free coupon, I'll go take their free shit just to take money away. Yeah. But I'm not going to eat there because of their politics. Now, how can I go spend money on this film? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'll have to wait till I get like a free movie pass or like enough points from Fandango. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't want to give the money for this. 
Yeah, I'm glad uh, I basically get HBO Max for free yeah, from uh, my parents. <laughs> yeah, my parents' cable subscription. So. But then are we are we also okay. just by talking about it or watching it also mm. adding to their numbers and helping them? Like it's such a great. I would love to hear everyone else's opinion, but nobody gives a shit to write into us. So. <laughs> yeah, if you guys got strong right opinions in. on Comment this, below. <laughs> uh, all right, so there's that. Let's move on to other news. Mm-hmm. This one actually kind of made me happy. <laughs> Stray Dogs. Not the thing. This is a title. Stray Dogs is a horror comic book that's about to be released by Image. Okay. It's by Tony Fleeks. Yeah. F-L-E-E-C-S. I guess it's Fleeks. And Trish Forster. Forster. They also helped write the My Little Pony Friendship is Magic comic book. Okay. Word. Stray Dogs is going to be a horror comic book Mm -hmm. about stray dogs and like kind (laughs) of in their world. And so it's already optioned as a movie. Wow. So now Paramount Animation snatched it up real quick. Okay. And it is said to be a half Lady and the Tramp, half Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> it is supposed to be fucking <laughs> horrific. And like the, the um, why, uh, independent comic books yeah. are uh, are a thing that yeah. need to be you know uh, happening. Sure. So <laughs> all the crazy weird shit goes already from there. <laughs> horror films have this trope in the last five years about can we stop killing dogs? Because every real horror film kills a dog. Yep. And that spilled over into John Wick and became a whole thing. And we're seeing yep. more and more dead dogs, but there's we're we're gonna see a lot of dead dogs in this. Uh, so here, so the producer, Gary Doberman, uh, which is really funny. Doberman, but looks like Doberman. That's funny. Yep. I, I hope it's Doberman. Um, <laughs> he says this. He says, so much of what makes horror work is taking something innocent and twisting it into something scary. Like yeah, like the doll sense. in Annabelle or the clown in It. And that's what we want to do with Stray Dogs. Take animation and twist it into something terrifying <laughs> by using it to explore a really dark story. For me, the project combines a lot of passions animation horror and well dogs Dorman uh has has a huge list of writing and directing horror credits but most importantly he was the writer of the uh, screenplay for it chapters one and two okay uh chapter one is terrifying chapter two is okay yeah (laughs) Um, but it was always going to be because it's more fun to work with kids and horror word uh so yeah there are no castings yet but if anyone out there has anything to do with Paramount Animation, I would love to play a dog that gets killed by other dogs or kills other dogs. I'm down. Or if you want to uh, go real method, I have a dog that coughs every five fucking minutes. Yeah, he sounds like he's dying all the time. Yeah. And you can come record Hashi. He has experience on microphone. He sure the fuck does. God damn it, this dog. Okay, moving on. Uh, finally, Scream 5, confirm mm-hmm. Nev Campbell. There we Sydney's go. coming Ugh. back. Will she, won't she, yeah. for so long. <laughs> Who's the guy that played Shaggy in the newer Scooby-Doo's? Um, uh, I always he was, forget his name. He was in the yeah. first Scream movie. He yeah. was, played like the villain. Picture, um, anyway, tall, lanky dude. Yeah, in the movie yeah. he plays Stu, and he uh, he says, I don't think Stu's dead. I think he might come back in Scream 5. But sadly, no one's asked him. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> cares, Shaggy. <The> zoinks. <laughs> zoinks. All right, uh, director MCG. Okay. That's his Mick name. G. MCG. Yep. Mick G? Is Mick it Mick G. G? Yep. I've never said it Mick out loud. Mick G. I believe he started doing corn uh, music videos. Sure. I believe he was. He That's was a in shame because I fucking love corn music videos. I yeah. love corn. I think in that general. was his like claim to fame. 
Uh, and it still is. So um, <laughs> and you do one of the terrible Terminator movies. So Mick, director McGee, <laughs> the director of Terminator Salvation. There we go. The one I've seen like three times and completely forget. Right. That's, again, <laughs> yeah. I, I literally in the interview I talk about very this, vague memories of that movie that I've seen three times. <laughs> we can say a, like, a, like a movie, good or bad. We know a movie live, has a lasting impression if you can remember the plot. Yeah. Later in my interview with whoever, uh, we uh, we talk about the mission. Impossibles and how like I can't tell you the plot of the first few, but then later I start getting it, and then yeah. finally Superman. Um, <laughs> but he says, director McGee says he has a darker director's cut of the film that fans would like to see. And speaking as a fan of the Terminator, hmm. no, we would not. <laughs> and this was exactly what the fuck I Is was it afraid darker of. Darker or better? <laughs> now, uh, now two things. One, if this if this cut includes Christian Bale screaming, <laughs> "Oh, D." Good for you. Uh, if he worked it into the movie. If he worked it in the movie, I will pay $30 on Disney Plus for this movie. Uh, for people that don't know, uh, there was this leaked footage or recording. It was just audio. Of yeah. Christian Bale in the middle of a very intense scene. And the, uh, the light guy or the gaffer walks in the background and he has a fucking meltdown and goes from gruff American back to his like pissed off English accent. La-dee-da! You're just having a good time locked in the background. Good for you! Fuck you! Like, and it's so funny. <laughs> like, I've listened to it probably a thousand fucking times. So that's one. Two, uh, nobody fucking wants this... M- <laughs> <laughs> I was af- I was afraid of directors yeah, just opening start the doing floodgates of like oh my version was better. When you make yeah. art, you're gonna have different cuts of movies. You're gonna have yep. here's my darker one you might like. Here's the lighter one. Here's whatever, and the studio is gonna work with you. Yep. Everyone has multiple cuts of their movies. I don't want them trying to make fan campaigns to bring them out. Was yeah. the Justice League one necessary? Yes. Yeah. That movie re- like, deserves yeah. a redemption. Yeah. Every movie Justice does not. Justice League was very specific in that the director that they wanted to finish the movie could... had horrific circumstances yeah. that stopped him. It's not that they were like so many other movies where like directors either get fired because they don't like what they're doing right. or they get nervous about doing or something just too weird. You don't or... get a second yeah. at bat. You don't get a do of you make a film and you move on. If your director yeah. cuts that good, make it a bonus feature on the Blu-ray <laughs> or on the digital download. And if it's so good, it'll get a buzz and people will watch it and respect your art for that. Yeah. You are in a business and you got your at bat if you've sucked yep do some more indie movies that you have complete yeah. creative control and own show your, that right. you make own your craft stuff. own yeah. your shit yep. good for you good for you. <laughs> but if that's in there <laughs> that's the exception if he, even if he just worked it in, in a background kind of way where you gotta search for it you know that Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> meme where he's pointing that uh, that I will fucking watch because that shit's ridiculous it's like the Wilhelm, Wilhelm scream yeah it's like, oh what it's, if that was there, the next but Wilhelm. it's real quiet in the background sure uh, Dune trailer came out 
Yeah, Dune yeah. looks good. Now I talk about this in the interview, but I'm gonna say this: I finally watched Dune. I promised I would. I used your HBO Max. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm gonna watch it this week. Really, uh, I'm gonna attempt. <laughs> now, when talking to my guest who loves Dune, I was very politic and said, "Hey, this movie is not for me." I would mm. even go so far as to say it might be a bad movie. <laughs> Publicly, I'm gonna say Dune is the worst fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. Now I get it. When you're a kid and you see a sci-fi, it is ingrained in you. I will defend Howard the Duck as a movie <laughs> to the day I die. If someone sees Howard the Duck today day they're like wow that's a steaming pile of shit <laughs> but i love it because i'm so nostalgic i could quote the whole movie top to bottom yeah dune sucks and i get it if you spent your life growing up screaming spice melange or he who holds the, uh, controls the spice controls the universe i get it you're yeah. you're involved but as someone who yeah. at 34 years old stopped and watched dune gave it my full attention as hard as that was it is fucking terrible yeah apparently they, it's mindless they just- took like too much of the story and tried to jam it into a uh, like a two hour you know movie like it's not just that it's a bad movie it is incomprehensible it has no rules no background <laughs> no nothing yeah. I don't understand the effects <laughs> like, are there sometimes if, if they did like the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy as one movie right so you're like wait who the fuck is that where'd that whole right. army come from where the hell are we now but with no budget <laughs> effects fucker yeah like it was made in the 80s but looks like it was made in the 60s like oh, it's boy. so bad yeah uh, probably cause even at the said, time it was like oh this weird sci-fi property if you said keith you can only watch one thing for a month out of your life and it's dune <laughs> yeah. or cats i'm watching cats it's that you know, fucking bad and it was also you know it was pre pre star wars so sci-fi wasn't a thing that got big no budgets. it was made in the 80s oh it was the 80s one it oh, was made in right. the 80s yeah. it most certainly right. was, was post star wars yeah. and you can see the star wars influence and it does look like like, you got three kids who are their <laughs> sophomore year in film school and love fucking Star Wars. Word. Okay, so maybe they were like, hey, here's the thing that inspired that. We have the rights to it. Let's make it for two nickels and we'll be billionaires. Right. Absolute fucking garbage. Mm. I can't believe people like it. But, okay. you know, I won't they spend all their money on Sting. <laughs> Yo, you're not fucking it. Oh, also, main fucking character that I was not prepared for was Patrick goddamn Stewart. Oh, yeah. Oh, my yep. fucking God. Was I not prepared for Captain Picard to be some weird desert rebel? <laughs> Motherfuck. All right. I got to move on from Dune. Uh, rumor Mill. Rumor came out that Borat 2, one, has a title and uh, a plot. I would and hope here's so. what the rumor is <laughs> that it's called Borat Great Success. Okay. I'll and like it is it. about the fact that in the real world, Borat is now such a celebrity that he can't do his job. He's running around interviewing people, but is disguising himself as other characters. So he's not disguising himself to get oh there my and God. Then being so Borat. The Ollie G show is eating itself. It's more like it's, that. It's that, not that, Sacha Baron Cohen as these characters. It's Borat. Right. As like that these show characters. that Sacha Baron Cohen did was it This Is America? It's the Ollie G show. No, the other one, the America one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, on, yeah, yeah. This is America or something. Yeah, and these different characters, but it's that. But instead of Sasha Baron Cohen being it, it's Borat being these yeah. characters. Uh, oh, he apparently man. talks to Mike Pence and uh, yeah, uh, but like go, goes so far as to like um, like he, like they don't understand or they don't know, much like the mm. This America show. And apparently, there's a rumor that there is a single politician's career that will be ruined by this movie because they said <laughs> something they know they shouldn't because they thought it was for private use and oh. didn't know it was for an actual movie. Oh man, 
Right, uh, I'm trying to think like, oh, who could it please be? Because yeah. I think Steve King's already lost so, his primary. Two, <laughs> two plot points that are absolutely going to be involved. One, coronavirus. And two, Borat's close personal relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, boy. So, yeah. <laughs> Pretty excited for that. Um, second rumor in the rumor mill, uh, Soul, the next Pixar movie, mm-hmm. maybe going to Disney Plus, depending on how much money Mulan Ooh, ends wow. up making. Okay. That's that. Yeah, I, have another... I feel like Pixar has always got like one or two or three movies like in the works, especially because in the digital domain, they take so long to sure. make. So they, it could very well be that they're just like, no, nah, this wasn't wasn't going to be like one of our smash hits anyway. And we've got two more in production ready to go. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and then I have another story, but I'm going to save it for next week because we have to talk a lot about what we're running out of time. And that's about the Oscars introducing new rules for diversity for best film in 2024. Yes. We're going to hold that. Oh, uh, there are like week. lists of previous winners that wouldn't. Yeah, you know that wouldn't qualify. I would, I would, I would go on the limb to say oh, most of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, but let's but first that's kind of the point. <laughs> first, let's uh, pop in this interview and then come back with some Dan news. Yeah. So here's our. Now I worked real hard to get this guy. This mm-hmm. is probably the most famous person we've had on the mm-hmm. show. The guy with the hardest schedule to nail down. Mm-hmm. This is my interview with Dan Benjamin, <laughs> founder of the Five by Five Podcast hey, Network. Who I've been asking to do an interview. Of this year's show. Uh, this used to be his show. I've asked him to guest on it for twenty fucking minutes for two years almost just shy of two years um so here we go i even had to negotiate to get this 20 minutes so fucking hard that it had to be the very particular window he's got to make youtube videos telling people how to use microphones sure he's a very important man so here's finally my interview with dan benjamin hey. mm. All right, well, let's, let's get this puppy started let's do it all right i don't even know what, i don't even know what we're doing but i'm ready to do it <laughs> That's good. You well, said be on it. I don't even know what show this is for. This but is, that's fine. I don't care. I'm happy for to, five happy to by be five here. at the movies. I feel like you know oh. that. No, I mean I didn't know that. I didn't know if you were doing a new th- if this is a new thing or if it's an ex- you know I don't know. No, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be on your show. Um, whatever you uh, want. Well, this used to be your show. It was never my show. It was a show. But it's your show. It I only feel show. like it's ever been your show. <laughs> All right. Well, how's your pandemic going? What movies are you watching? You know, I have been watching a lot of movies with my son recently, and he's he's uh, about 12 and a half years old. Is this a show, by the way? Are we doing yeah. is this? We're, we're okay. in it. We're started. So so a handful of movies, you know, we um we went through and we watched all of the Mission Impossible films. Oh, we talk about that all the time. What, what did he think of them? You know, the first three are are I mean, starting with the first one, which is. I think completely unwatchable and I don't I don't know how it led to this series going forward it, it's so bad and I can't recall if when it, I know I saw it when it came out and I know I liked it when it came out but I can't understand what was wrong with us as a as a a population to have ever liked that film because it's horrible and everything about it's bad I couldn't even follow it I didn't even know who anyone was Except Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise. Well, when you go back sec- and watch like the Brosnan 007s, it's kind of the yeah, same thing. Totally. So it's like it's in the it was the American response to the Brosnan 007s. So it's kind of in the same. <laughs> I think vein. you're right. And, and much like how the Daniel Craig ones got a lot better, I think when J.J. Abrams yeah. got on board, Mission Impossible got better. Yes, and so 
after the third one, the third one like was the first one where you're like, at least that was a movie. It wasn't a good movie, but it was it was a movie. Right. Then the fourth one. Wow. One of the best movies of that genre, if not the best that I feel like I've ever seen. I forgot how good it was. Ghost Protocol. Totally blown away. My son loved it. And I think each of us thinks that's maybe the our favorite one. He's he's a little partial to six uh, because of the plane stuff, the, the stunts on the plane. Sure. But then going back through and watching the like the um, behind the scenes stuff where you really get to see what Tom Cruise did as far as stunts. And it's that part is just really amazing. So we enjoyed those films a lot. Uh, and then we watched Dune, which I know you didn't like. I love that movie. I've seen it. I've seen that movie probably 30, 40 times. I have been promising on this podcast to watch Dune forever. And I finally watched it. And this is the episode where I'll tell people how much I, I did not like Dune at all. I mean, I don't know if I was just seeing it for the first time today, if I would like it. Sure. I don't know, but my son seemed to like it and it helped fill in a lot of gaps for him as far as like memes and things like that, that are out there in the world. So I think it was like important. It's important for everyone to see it. I'm not saying everyone's going to like it, but you have to see it. You have to see it. Oh, I saw it. It was, um, you know, uh, Kyle McLaughlin, the, uh, the lead, the only other mm-hmm. thing I know him from is Showgirls. Uh, so I guess I was, I, I don't know, for some reason I was expecting him to have more of a Showgirl style attitude and he just didn't. You don't know him from like Blue Velvet or anything no. like that? Any of the Not top, that I recognize, no. no. So, he, you know, he, I think he's an interesting, good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but my son seemed to, the takeaway was positive. I think he liked that. Um. And then we watched Blade Runner, the final cut, which has to be the final cut. Sure, of course. And he really liked that. Nice. Yeah. I, Have you seen that yeah, film? Are I've, you familiar I've, with Blade I've, Runner? I haven't seen the, the final cut, but I've seen regular Blade Runner. I like Blade Runner. With the narration, the yeah. horrible narration? Yeah. No, you've got to watch. Go watch Final Cut. It's much a much, okay. much, much better film. Did you, did you like the uh, modern sequel? 2049. You know... I really wanted to like that movie a lot. I Same. I don't have much bad to say about it, but my test for a movie is if I think about it a lot after I'm done seeing it. And I've really not thought about that movie very much at all since I walked out of the theater. So it's not like it was a bad movie. It was fine. Um, I'm very curious. The same director is the one who's doing the new Dune. I forgot the guy's name. Yeah, I know who you're talking uh, about. But uh, I think I think his treatment of Dune will be excellent. And so I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, And then he after we finished Blade Runner, I said, do you want to watch the new one? He said, no, no, I want to watch that. um, That other movie where the guy gets his uh, where where, where the guy gets his fingers chopped off. And I said, I said, what movie are you talking about? And he said, you know, it's it's the one with the, the guy from Jurassic Park. I said, Jeff Goldblum. And he says, yeah. I said, oh, okay. I know what he's talking about. He's talking about Grand Budapest Hotel. So we are watching Grand Budapest Hotel right now. We're about halfway through. I love Grand Budapest Hotel. Fantastic movie. And what's my top 25? Oh, it's a wonderful, wonderful film. And this is maybe my third time seeing it. And I'll tell you what, 
I missed so much the first two times, and now watching it, it's just a joy to watch. And what's great is my son does not know necessarily know directors or any. Mm-hmm. He knows Kubrick. Mm-hmm. He knows Kubrick, and he knows. Um, I think he knows J.J. Abrams, and you know some of the other Spielberg and big ones. But he's he's watching this, and after like the the very first scene where they've got. Um, I don't want to give anything away, but there's a character walking across the screen and he says, he says, this is the same guy that did Royal Tenenbaums and Rushmore. Yeah. And I said, yes. I said, yes, it is. You, How did you know that? And he's young. like, I would n- at that age. I would not have come close to. I would together. never have gotten. He's like, I don't know. It just feels like those films. I said, you're right. I said, you're absolutely right. So now we're going to go through and watch the rest of them. And, uh, you know, there's, you know, I tr- like, it's funny how we are in America. Like, the amount of killing and blood and death on screen, like, ah, he's fine. He can see anything like that. I'll show him Logan. But like, oh, there's uh there's like a 30 second topless scene in, in life aquatic. I don't know if I can show that movie to him. Like, why sure. is that the way we are in, in America? It's but the way we're yeah. Raised. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What, what have you been watching? Or is that people already know what people, you've been watching? Well, now they know what I watched Dune. Uh, I talk about the Mission Impossibles on here a lot because it's I get them out of order. And uh, I always like the litmus test for a great movie is you can go back a month later and tell me what it's about. Like if you put a gun to my head and said, what is Blade Runner 2045 about 49, whatever, I would not be able to tell you. I, I know it's a beautiful movie. I know I saw it in theaters, but I would not be able to tell you the plot. And I feel like a lot of the Mission Impossible movies are like that, too. They all kind of blend together. Um, but I want to go back to Wes Anderson because are you going to show Moonrise Kingdom? Absolutely. Because uh, Joel puts on. Oh, sorry, I don't mean to call out your son's name. Uh, That's fine. But uh, I do. I do it. Uh, okay. Fine. It's fine. You don't have to edit. Uh, There's no edits in this show. Yeah, never, ever. Uh, except when I really go on a cursing rant. Uh, so y- y- your son kind of has like kind of a, a Moonrise Kingdom vibe to him. Does he? Yeah. That's awesome. The main character? I, that's um. <laughs> I don't know. That's cool. Maybe That's, he'll uh, he'll associate with that with that. Yeah, because you know he's he's kind of bright. You know he's got the glasses. You know I could mm-hmm. see I could see him later in life being quite the little ladies' man, mm. taken after his father. Oh yeah. But Moonrise Kingdom, I probably watched that a dozen times. Um, another one that I watched with him was uh, recently was Memento. How did he like Memento? He loved it. He likes anything that has to do with any kind of twist or twist ending, or our unreliable narrator. He loves all of that stuff. And this one, I told him when we started, I said, it's I said it's kind of a time travel movie. And he's like, really? I said, well, kind, kind of. of. Sure. Um, but so, but he he did like it. He liked it. He he enjoyed it. Uh, it and so that's several times watching Memento to, to pick up everything. Oh, yeah. And I still pick things up from from when I watch it again. Now, a movie I watched with my daughter, she's Mm -hmm. nine, was uh, Summer Wars, which is an an anime um, that is um, the director is uh, Hosoda. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking it up. Um, Mamoru Hosoda. And uh, and this is a very interesting, weird anime film i really enjoyed it it's strange uh but i i still would recommend that i think people would would like that we try i tried to watch the man from uncle with my son after we watched the mission impossible films and it, it was really not good it's really really sh- not good <laughs> shocking shocking they thought it was gonna 
start a whole universe of that like obviously yeah it it was was so clearly set up that way and and just completely didn't work completely failed yeah (laughs) um and because you know cavill was in the last mission impossible and so i thought well we're enjoying these kind of caper chase films spy films i'm not ready to show him bond yet um I feel like he he needs to be a little older, not because of the content, but just to to appreciate that those movies and the subtlety and the style in some of those, and and sure. also to be able to get through how bad some of them are. Right. I feel like he should be a little bit older to do that. Just start him with the Daniel Craig ones, and then move your way back. No, hell, hell no! I would never do that. I love Daniel Craig Bond. I no, I love him too, but I can't start with that. You start with the first film, Doctor. No, you start at the beginning. See, I like starting with Daniel Craig because it gives that little background of him becoming a double O agent. Like you're gonna, like you know, until this next one happens, you will have seen his entire career as James Bond. Yeah, and I yeah. like that. That's 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 valid. I can, I can't argue with that. Plus, uh, I I talk at length to anybody I meet about the uh, Casino Royale nut torture scene. Yeah, I don't. Um... Do you not recall? No, I do. It's not my favorite <laughs> not scene favorite to scene? recall. I can't, just, um, I remember being in theaters for the first time watching. I'm like, I can't believe I'm watching a James Bond movie. And uh, Mads Mikkelsen is torturing Daniel Craig's nutsack. And to me, that's mm-hmm. always been peak of uh, American cinema. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just tops. Uh, uh, Akira. We watched that not long ago. It was great. You guys are on an great anime movie. kick. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, we love the anime. I've always loved that. We've seen all now. Is it is it is it G- Ghibli? 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 I don't know how to say it. I don't either. But yeah, that we've watched and love all of those as a as a family. We love those. So that's that's like a a go to. Nice. And let me think. Um, that's all that I've really watched in the last, you know, couple months. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I'm looking at my. I have a list here. Of things that I've added and watched, and um, that's very organized. Those are the standouts for me as far as ones that I will, I I can really talk about, you know, on the show and not not bore people to death. Like sure. we watched Christine, but what do you say about Christine? It's, right, it is what it is, you know. Sure. Um, he loved Dunkirk, so I'm thinking about showing him 1917 soon. Man, I did not like Dunkirk, and I'm the only person on the planet that didn't. What didn't you like about it? I just thought it was boring. Yeah. I thought it was just like sitting there. I'm like, I, this is beautifully acted. This is beautifully shot. I am absorbing the beauty of it. But boy, would I love for anything to happen in this movie. Oh, God. I love that movie. I love anything to me, any kind of slow character based where like if if you if you walk out of the movie saying I don't really feel like that much happened I'm there for that like that's my kind of where it just sets a scene and you just kind of explore the characters a lot and and it goes slow oh I we watched Mars Attacks because <laughs> I wanted him to have the reference point like there's part of this you you don't have uh you don't have any kids yet but not yet maybe when well, I mean, maybe when you of. do maybe well could could be maybe when you do uh-huh. you will feel the way I feel which is there are movies that. I want to show my kids because they're great, but then there's also movies that I feel they need to see as part of their education, that it's, it's educational for them in some way, whether it's about cinema or about just something that they need to experience in life. So some of these movies I'm showing them, 
are not because they're good. It's just I need them to be in their brain. I need to get that data in the form of a movie inside of their brains so that they can continue to evolve as people. See, and it's I, not I so much I had that, that like growing up. That sounds great. You're giving them a real movie education and that's important. You know, it's like when you get a flat tire, you right. take your kid and you say, "Okay, I'm going to change the tire. You watch how to do it." Okay? Because one day you're going to need to know how to do this. And right. it's not fun. I don't like doing it. You're not going to like watching me do it, but you're going to you're going to hold the lug nuts when I take them off. And you're going to watch how I do this and and this is for your own good, damn it. And then and when that's how I feel about a lot of these movies. They're going to go, oh, fudge. That's right. But it's important. You've got to teach your kids stuff. How many people do, do you know that don't know how to change their tire because their, their parent never showed them? I know a lot of people that couldn't change their own tire. You know, he wants to see the old Batman movies, um, you know, like, like Batman Returns, Batman Forever. Yeah. But I just don't think I can get through them. Oh, you can get through 89 at, at the very least. Like the Keaton one, that one stands the test of time. That's a great movie. Uh, I started watching it, and I, a lot of the scenes of the quote-unquote city with like the thugs and the kind of bad costuming and makeup, mm -hmm. it, it really rubbed me the wrong way. Really? Yeah. Of all I movies, just, you like I Dune, know, but I, you don't care for the 89 Keaton Batman? And that was the movie, that was like, my film when it came out sure. like that was so big in high school like and the songs and the wasn't there a prince song that went with it Bad and, dance. I mean, yeah Bad it was dance. such a it was such a big deal and i can't nicholson I joker know. i can't believe it. that's incredible i love jack nicholson in the joke i love him as the joker he's he was great but i don't know i feel like the nolan batman movies are so perfect or so close to being perfect for that, that, that that's my go-to. Oh, he really wants to see the shining. Okay. And I'm not worried about it being freaky or scary to him, uh -huh. but there's, there's a couple scenes that are, uh, you know, this have the sexy times in them. And I, uh, and I feel like editing those out, skipping through them or whatever would take too much away from the film because they add to it. So, uh -huh. This is very interesting to me that like violence and gore and cursing, uh, and maybe yeah, it's even fun. like some scenes that are torturous, like in Logan, you, you're, yeah. you're 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 fine with uh, your kids. Well, I wouldn't say I'm fine. Like I'm not. I, I mean, I've made bad parenting decisions, and showing him Logan was probably among them. Right. But I mean, like, but, like some, he... some topless stuff that 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 would bother you. Well, it makes him feel uncomfortable. Oh, okay. so, right. so I'm trying to be sensitive to him. He'll be like, Dad, should I look away at this part? I'll be like, you, you can if you want, you know, like, <laughs> but, um, you know, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe we could do The Shining, um, but I don't know. I feel like it's, I don't know. We saw, we saw War Games, but that was a while ago. That's a good and one. And he enjoyed that, enjoyed that one. Hell yeah. One of the the favorites is Napoleon Dynamite. We watched that a lot. I was in high school when that came out, and boy, did everyone quote and emulate the shit out of that movie. Yeah. Just nonstop. Yeah. yeah. That was like prime. The internet's around. Memes aren't quite a thing yet. We're still walking around right. quoting Anchorman every five seconds. And then Napoleon Dynamite got right in there. One of the big disappointments that I've had as a parent is trying to get him interested in Rocky, which for me, first of all, as as are you, 
from Philadelphia. Of course. And 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 living there, and I was in, I was like his age, uh, or single digit age, when Rocky came out, and like I saw it in the theater, and all my friends saw it. We all wanted to be Rocky. He was jogging in the streets that like we'd seen. Sure. I ran up the steps. You I was know just going mean? to ask like, if you ran up the steps. Of course I ran up the course. steps. Like that weekend I had to go and do it. I'll say I ran and, up half the steps, but then I walked the rest. <laughs> <laughs> but like that movie is a great movie. And like he just, he didn't connect with it. And so, you know, I, I felt I was, I was a little upset. I was a little upset. Imagine being like an art director at a museum and working your way to the top and becoming one of the top people at the Philadelphia Museum of Art. And then the first <laughs> thing everyone says to you is like, oh, the Rocky Steps. Right. Not this amazing collection that you have curated over the years. Right. And think of all the people that go to the museum and it never even occurs to them to go inside. Never. They just want to run up the steps and jump around at the top. And okay, what's next? Let's go get some. Uh, let's go get a pretzel. I still lived in Philly when they removed the statue, like they moved it from the stairs to somewhere else. And the visceral hatred people had for that decision was very staggering. Count, count me among them, even as an, a not, not a resident anymore. Didn't they move it around the back or something like that's humiliating? For, uh, they, for a long time, it was at the stadium. It was at Veterans Stadium, like right outside, which I think is like okay, you know, maybe even more people will see it. You could go up and take your picture with it. But from the museum's point of view, I could also see again we have one of the biggest curated. Uh, exhibits of art and history in the entire world and right out front there's a statue of rocky <laughs> i i see their point of view of like get this piece of shit metal away from art like fine museum but as a movie fan i'm like i care more about the rocky statue than anything in the museum but are you saying that the statue is not a work of art uh i i'm saying uh from the point of view of the curators probably but as a lover of cinema, it absolutely is. I'm saying I see both I, sides. I mean, for me, it's 100% art. 100%? Mm-hmm. I wonder how Sylvester Stallone feels about the statue. If he's just over it. If I, took a, if I take a piece of clay and I sculpt it into the shape of Rocky Balboa, that's art. I'm sorry. Okay. I believe you. I believe that you feel. I, I can see the Philly in you coming out. Yeah. You and me uh, both grew up uh, close to a mall that had a big statue in it. And I remember being a kid looking at that statue all the time and thinking, this is the epitome of fine art. Yeah, the, um, the disturbing statue, too. If you if you see pictures of it now, it's weird. Yeah. Is it still there? Wasn't that right outside the Wanamaker's? It was right outside the Wanamaker's in the mall. It's still there. And you and me both remembered it wrong. Yeah, I remember that. And we looked at pictures and we were like, what? No, it didn't look like that. It did look different. Yes. And then the little display a, cases with all the things in them. Yeah. So it was a mall in the Chamonix, Pennsylvania. And it's a, yeah. it's a giant and not so giant. I just remember from when I was a kid, it was giant, but it's a fair size. And it's a Native American holding out his hand and it's a fountain. But I remembered it in a thinker pose. And I did too. Thinker pose, but it's not a thinker pose at in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> it's so weird how you get that. What's that called? What's that syndrome called? Um, the Mandela effect, yeah, maybe yeah, kind the of sort of bears thing. Yes, uh, I saw a Twitter channel that was just. There's an alternate universe where it is spelled Bernstein instead of Bernstein, and like what happens in that universe and how it's better than ours. Oh man! And that makes me really happy. I like that. Yeah. I like that. It would be better. What movie coming up are you most excited about out of like the five movies we know are ever going to come out in the next history? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I mean, I would I would say Dune because it looks amazing it to look me. Good. Um, it looks like they're doing it right, so I like that. I mean, Tenet looks cool, but that's out now, and I'm I'm not about to go to a theater right Smart. now to see it. But that that looks good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the other movies that are coming out, Keith? I mean, we got Black Widow coming up, hopefully. Uh, I mean, I, I the thing, oddly, the thing I am most excited about is the fact that Borat Two is shot and finished <laughs> in secret, and just all reports of that it's a it's a perfect sequel and it's just as funny as the original because I probably watch Borat once a month. It's a that's a, a wonderfully hilarious film. Oh, speaking of it, did you see The Spy? I with did, Sasha Baron Cohen? but it's been on my list forever. Really, really good. It? Um, it's it it. it it's weird to see him playing such a serious, serious and a role like that. And he's absolutely fantastic in it. Have you ever heard him just talk? Like he is an incredibly intelligent human being and articulate. Yes. And it's just, it's so funny because he's had such a great comedic career and often playing the fool or the jester, you know, uh, and it, it's, you, 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 it almost offends your sensibility to see how smart and funny he is just as a regular human being. You know, I agree with you completely. And it, I feel like it almost requires that level of intelligence to do the stuff that he actually does. But sure. it's, you're right, it's almost disarming. Yeah, I recently went back and watched the um, that terrible uh, live action Les Mis. You know what I'm talking about? The one with Anne Hathaway. I, I never saw that. I've never seen that. Uh, he's in it. And he he and Helena Bottom Carter Pitt play a couple. And he is the best part of that film. And I'll watch it every once in a while. And I don't know why. It's like eating a food that you find repulsive. Because uh, <laughs> I really don't like that movie. But I'll put it on the background while I'm working. Because I kind of like the songs. No, I've never seen now. Well, maybe I'll have to see it. I don't live. There's not a lot of musicals. That I get into. I love a good musical. Um, I love Newsies. But, yeah. You ever watch Newsies, the original one? No. Christian Bale? No. It's a Christian Bale as a child. Like, he, he's a baby, basically. And it's about the Newsboys strike, uh, you know, in early 1900s New York. Oh, yeah. The early uh, 1900s uh, Newsboys strike. Yeah. I remember it well. Yeah. You were around for that, right? Yeah, of course. I yeah. mean, who could forget that? Uh <laughs> Anyway, I love Newsies, and it's so funny because he plays an orphan that sees injustice, and he's like, you know what, I'm going to fight this injustice. So it's kind of like a musical Batman without the bat. <laughs> right, I was going to say it. And he was also in um, Empire of the Sun as a little boy. Was he? Have you not seen Empire of the Sun? I saw it, but I don't remember it at all. I saw it way too long ago. Yeah, that, that's another one that I um, I, I, I showed my son um I don't. I haven't showed some of these to my daughter yet because she's, you know, she's not into it like those kinds of films. So I try, but she's still more, you know, like she wants to watch her Minecraft stuff on sure. YouTube. Sure. Have you nothing wrong with that? Have you I shown your son that. Back to the Future yet? Yes, uh, the first one, and I believe I showed him the second one, but the, not the third one because that's an abomination. That that I could not be on the other end of the spectrum more with you on that. I love Back to the Future 3. Really? But I it's I love it. It's not it doesn't have anything to do with the other films. I agree with you. But you love that. I love it. I just I think it's cuz like after like after watching 1 and 2 I'm like, well I want to see more adventures. I want to see them go more places in time and I like that. 
Yeah, yeah. I just, I feel like that, you know, having characters that are the same character played by the same person in a different time period is a little... That one is, that is weird. I agree with you. Having Lorraine, for some reason, be an ancestor of yours means that Marty is pretty inbred. And then having yeah, I don't. Yeah, if you really think about it, just like Biff and Griff, I agree with you. It's weird. Yeah, I don't like that. It something about is it, it any disturbs. weirder than Marty playing his own daughter though? See, but I don't like that either. That's the kind of thing. Like yeah, it's like it, it. that's it's sort of I don't know. It's... <laughs> Do you remember what her name is? No, Marlene. Oh. Marty McFly Jr. and See, Marlene. That's why I'm at. I'm out. I'm out at that point. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. Uh, that that Back to the Future Two set a giant precedent because Crispin Glover sued them because they because it's not him playing his dad. It's another character with a face mold of Crispin Crispin Glover's face. What? What are you talking about? Yeah. So like the upside down hovering father is not Crispin Glover. They use the same face mold they use to make him older in Back to the Future One to make an even older face mold and stick it on a different actor. So then they put him in there and he sued them because it's like you can't take my face mold, put it on an actor and say it's, you know, it's basically me. And he won and it set a new precedent for using actors face molds in movies. I had no idea. OK, there's a lot I want to take apart here. Sure. Um, first of all, I didn't know any of that. Yeah. I assumed it was the same actor. So good. Good on him for suing. Yeah. Um. Did they offer him the role and he turned it down Correct. or did they just, okay. So they're, they're like, we're going to be making another one. And he's like, I'm not so down with that. And they're like, it, it was a worry about it of no longer being a main character at all. And also like, apparently like to him, a very insulting amount of money. I wonder how much it was yeah, that no they idea. were offering. But you. they're like, Hey, we need you to hang upside down for a scene and we'll pay you scale. And then, you know, Good, you know, you're welcome. It's a Spielberg, you know, and him being like, hey, fuck you. I was like a main character of one and it's a really popular movie. Like you should pay me more and I should be a main character. And they're like, nah. See, I feel like if I was an actor mm-hmm. and they were doing like sequels, I feel like I would be uh, either either they bring me back in and they treat me right or they have to write you out. They have to write you completely out of it. You're not even part of the movie anymore. Right. Agreed. But they yeah, can't, they, you know, they have to find a re, Oh, you know, Oh, he's in the, the Niagara Falls area right now. He can't be here. Sure. Oh yeah. Right. For his job, you know, something like that. Can I tell you, uh, my other, I know I'm a past time here. I know you're a busy man, but I gotta tell you my other favorite fact about actors from back to the future. What's that? So the actor that plays Biff, uh, mm-hmm. later in life, he wanted to be a comedian and he was a uh, he was a very like um, he was a kind of like a bat like middling like people were like he'd get on stage and people were like I know this guy from somewhere what is it uh, so he finally just started doing his act like hey I was Biff on Back to the Future please don't ask me any questions about it and then he would go into his comedy routine and like he was more well received because when he had you know the the whole reverence of being Biff and two were people like that's where I know him from and he carries around these little cards with him and when people approach him with that knowing face he hands them a card and the card and I, it, you can see this card online it's hilarious it's just like hi yes I was Biff and Back to the Future no they're not going to make another one or if they or I'm not going to know anything about it yes Michael J Fox is nice 
yes, Christopher Lloyd is nice. No, I'm not going to take a, a video with you pretending to be Biff. Like, it's all like these frequently <laughs> asked questions that he's so sick of answering. And I, I think that's it. rad. And I would rather have one of those cards than a selfie with him. Man, that card would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Just your own little personal FAQ that you carry around with you and you're ready to dispense he I love that. It's like those really stories you always hear about Bill Bill Murray showing up somewhere and saying, oh, they're never going to believe that. You, happened that happened to a thing. buddy of mine years ago in Philly, years ago in Philly. He said, I saw Bill Murray. He was with like a little old lady who I assume is like his mom or grandma. And I, and I walked up to him and said, you're Bill Murray. And he said, and no one will ever believe you. And I'm like, that didn't mm-hmm. happen. And he's right, like, it did. And right. then years later, you're right. The story came out that he does that to people. And I'm like, my buddy was not a liar. Sure enough. I don't know. I think there's something magical about that. And that if you have that kind of celebrity, I don't know. I feel like you have an obligation to do things like that. I don't know why. Well, what do you do? You're a celebrity. I'm, I'm not. You are. But, uh, thank you. You got a blue check. That counts. Yeah. I got that when they were still giving those things out. Have you, I know, right? Uh, have you not been in a position where someone was fanboying over you pretty hard and you did something like kind of wacky or off kilter for them? Yeah, all, all the time. That's what I'm saying. But I feel like that's if, 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 because I'm so not famous that if somebody actually recognizes me, I feel like this, it's my obligation to do something, you know? Sure. Or just, to, you know, because it, like people will say, oh, you know, you did this. And I'm like, well, thank you. But, like it's, I don't know. I it, it's weird to have someone recognize you or know things like that's the other thing is like people feel like they know me because they've listened to me. And I mean, they do, they do know me if they've listened to my shows for years, they know me, but like, I've never met them before, but they know like, you know, some little bit of trivia about like a thing that I did eight years ago. I'm like, Oh, right. Yeah. I, and you know that, and we've never met, and that's interesting. But I love it. I mean, I think it's the best thing, and I, I love the people. I love meeting people who have been affected by the shows or enjoyed them or whatever. Like, that's a real privilege when someone comes up to you and they, they know you or they like a thing that you did. Like, there's very, very few things that make you feel so good than, um, than someone saying, hey, I like that thing you did. That's just a really nice thing. So, yeah, I think Bill Murray is doing doing it right yeah agreed okay all right well that's all the questions i had for you is there anything you'd like to uh impart to the audience of what was formally i'm still gonna call it, it was formally your show it was never my show it's always been your show you've always always been <laughs> the host of this show and you always will be the host of this show i've thought about going back to like what your format was when you'd watch one movie and dissect it I think that's what people really like. And what's nice about those shows is that when you do one of those, people will come back to it later. They'll say, oh, you know what? I finally am going to get around to watching such and such a movie. Well, you know what? Keith and friends talked about that one. So now I'll go back and I'll listen to that episode now. And then it has what we call evergreen content, Keith. Oh, I like ever. Oh, I like that. Yeah, because we're real topical. We're a news show, so if you miss us and it's been like a week later, it doesn't make sense to go back and listen to the catalog. Yeah, that show is uh, is as they say, burnt. Oh, I like these terms. Well, it's well, that's what like they say you, uh, in in you know in Mission Impossible when you get your your phone and you've your your cover's been blown and your phone is burnt. You get oh. it's a burner phone. You throw it out. It's gone. Can't use it again. Interesting. 
All right. Well, yeah. Maybe I'll start doing like five by five of the movie specials about end of it. What movie do you think I should dissect first? Dune. <laughs> it won't see that. If I did Dune, you'd have to do it with me because you'd be the pro and I'd be the negative of it. I'm fine with that. It'd be great. That'd be a fun. And I just watched it. I'd probably have to watch it one more time, which will take some effort. But, sure. um, but you know, with the new, I think it's very timely if you were to do that because, you know, the, the, the new, new movie comes. coming out. When does the new movie come out? I thought you were a movie guy. You know, I don't have my notes in front of me. I usually have all the release dates on a note. Well, why don't you? I, I, Am I not? We're not recording till late. This was supposed to be about you, not about Dune. You can't talk about me without talking about that's Dune. the most absurd thing about did you I sent you a link did you see Master Pancake is mocking it on Wednesday tomorrow hold on where did you send it to your texts I don't have anything from you okay. I'm ready when you're ready at at uh, at uh, right. it says well, I hope you're this, not this don't not edit this radio. out do not edit this out it <laughs> I'm says 1:39 p.m. I'm ready when you're ready that's Scroll all I up, and I sent you a Facebook link oh. Oh, Master, I don't have, I'm not on Facebook. You I don't, don't even have this an This is ad. just to the event. You need, need to have Facebook to look at this. Oh my gosh, you're making me open Facebook on no, my phone. I'm going to get it's trapped It's a Twitch now. stream tomorrow where they're going to basically Mystery Science Theater 3000 Dune. Who are these people, Mac Blake and Master Pancake Theater? Mas- Who is that? It's like it's like the local Austin comedian group. We just talk, we talk about this all the time. One of the guys is on the show all the time. And they basically, they all have microphones and they talk over just like Mystery Science Theater 3000. I have to check that out. It's a good, I'm, I don't know. You didn't like Dune, but I think. I would, I would like to watch people make fun of it for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Keith. All right. Well, so listen, huh. I think your idea to, to maybe do something different with the format, you wouldn't even have to do it every episode like that. You could just have a special episode once, sure. once a month or once a, every few weeks where you just pick one movie and dissect it. I'm that could be, do you that, wouldn't have to, you, have you to don't do have to throw one. away your, your format. There's people who probably really enjoy it. I think so. But you have to do the first one. Well, we don't have to do it now. We can do it in a couple months. I mean, it should, if we're going to do one, it should be the big Lebowski, but I'll do Dune. I'll do, I you think Dune is the right. That's on classic. Yeah, but I should do it again. Okay. I feel like I, with you, I do like big Lebowski. I could probably quote that whole movie top to bottom. I believe it. You know, for a long time, my job was to host that movie, Alamo Drafthouse. Every single Monday night for like six months, I hosted that movie, the Alamo Drafthouse, South Lamar. Well, then we'll do Dune because I feel like you've seen Big Lebowski too much. I never have to watch it again, but I could talk about yeah. it for hours. I bet. All right. Well, thank you, Dan right. Benjamin, for being on my show. My show, not Happy your show. Happy to be here. That's right. It is your show. Finally, that was my interview with Dan Benjamin. Yay! Mostly <laughs> talked about his son. It was weird. <laughs> All right, uh, what's up with Dan News? Uh, Dan News. Just make a jingle. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, Dad, go. Eventually, <laughs> it'll happen for the third year. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, so first thing, uh, Jonathan Majors, who you may be enjoying right now on uh, Lovecraft Country. Yeah, I love Lovecraft Country. Um just signed to play a uh, not officially named character yet in Ant-Man 3. Love Ant-Man. Rumored to be Kang the Conqueror. Great casting. Awesome. I hope this is not like most of the uh, 
Ant Man are singalone films where he like is in it for a second and then dies. Yeah. I want to see him in the universe for a while. Yes. Yeah. I want to see him. He could in theory, he, like he could be an Avengers level problem. That'd be great. Like they could build him up to Avengers five. Right. Uh, which would be awesome. And it's also another backdoor way of introducing Fantastic Four stuff. Sure. Because he is the distant relative of Reed Richards. Oh. He's Nathaniel Richards, is his name. Oh, fucking nice. From the 31st century. Cool. Who is a historian in his time. Nice. And rediscovers Dr. Doom's time travel nice. technology. Right. Uh, and then goes around and goes crazy from being in different times and wants to take over everything. <laughs> Every time. As you do. Yeah, as sure. you do. Uh, so it's, it's he's very Fantastic Four heavy in his uh, nice. background. Man, it's a shame Captain America is not around to fight him because I know he's got two big weapons. <laughs> <laughs> One's a shield. <laughs> well, he's also got Mjolnir. So he's not got anymore. Three, he's got three. False? <laughs> well, got... It depends where in the timeline. <laughs> sure. Well, no, I'm saying now, like past old Cap. <laughs> I mean, old Cap's still got one big weapon, but I hear it's just lower <laughs> to the ground. Well, old Cap's retired. We got uh, we got Sam now. Right. We need, old, we need Chris Evans, Captain America, come back in his prime and beat Kang to death with that giant fucking dick. What's your next piece of news? Uh, next piece of news is um, I went over through uh, uh, Junkie XL's stuff. I wanted okay. to research him a little bit more because, yeah, it was like he his name when he comes up as a composer... Uh, for uh, was it Batman v Superman? He did like half of with yeah. Hans Zimmer, and uh, sure. he's doing Justice League. Um, and I believe he is the only one doing the whole Zack Snyder's Justice League. Not right. I think Hans Zimmer's doing other stuff. Well, he's a very busy man. <laughs> yeah. So we were like, all right, it's kind of weird that like this weird random producer DJ guy right. sure. got one of the biggest, you know budget movies on the planet didn't he make the amazonian theme the wonder woman theme uh yes yeah that, that was uh one of his contributions to uh Batman love Superman, that which is awesome yeah uh so apparently he normally doesn't go by junkie xl he's uh he's hans like, zimmer and he was it's <laughs> just like face off or double duty <laughs> Uh, no, he was born in the Netherlands. Uh, his birth name is Antonius B. Hulkenborg. That sounds made up. It's That's his name. Uh, he usually is credited as Tom Hulkenborg. Uh, he started oh, in in the late 90s doing film in the Netherlands. You would think Antonius would be Tony, not Tom, but okay. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's the, the translation, or maybe maybe there was already a Tony Hulkenborg. I think this is just a Daft Punk situation. Like he's wearing a helmet, and it's <laughs> yeah. just Hans fucking Zimmer fucking um, with people. But as, uh, as credited as Tom Hulkenborg, he started out doing additional score uh-huh. um, in his career on stuff like The Anna matrix cool uh shark tale all three madagascar movies mega mind uh kung fu panda 2 these are all animated films so all animated films i believe from the dreamworks studio got it so he was like their guy meta guy at dreamworks and then he also did additional music on dark knight rises and man of steel both have some techno parts to their scores yep and so that's, I think, where he started getting in with uh, Zack Snyder, because he then did um, the sequel to 300. Okay, yeah. Um, he yeah, did yeah. that as the composer. 
That's straight cool. out. Um, and then started doing like actual just composing by himself. Uh, he's got 70 soundtrack credits wow. and 52 composer credits, including Mortal Engines, Terminator Dark Fate, Sonic the Hedgehog, Ew. Alita Battle Angel, cool. The Dark Tower, uh, right. Tomb Raider, Batman v Superman, Deadpool. Oh, He did the it. first Deadpool movie, the Point Break remake. Uh, oh, the Divergent, the first one of them. <laughs> that, that worked out great. Uh, he did Amazing Spider-Man 2. Love Amazing Spider-Man. And was credited as the, Magnific- uh, the Magnificent Six was his huh. credit for the composition for that movie. Weird. <laughs> it was so weird. And so he won weird. six film festival awards for his score for Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, <laughs> shit. I love it's Fury Road. that dude. That makes sense because that's what the Tom Wonder Woman sounds yeah one of them sounds very fury roadish yeah, yeah, yeah that means he came up with the whole like guitar guy yeah that's yeah, fucking all of those rad. sounds all of that stuff that's all yeah, i still Tom think Hulkenborg, it's aka junkie xl i have a weird uh anecdote for dark knight rises before i forget it yeah <laughs> so my girlfriend who is the one that bought the hello fresh mm-hmm. uh which we're enjoying Yes, I'll say that much. Give us some money, hello fresh. Yeah, um, get some money. We'll tell you why. I was in the car. I was I was in the car yesterday, and I put my mask on, and I started doing my Bane. At that point, I realized because she doesn't really like uh, comic book movies, she has no idea who the fuck Bane is. No frame of reference for that voice. Yeah, so I'm just like, oh, bro. I'm, I'm doing, you know, like basically, which sounds like my impersonation of Doug Benson's Bane. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's so bad. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you think darkness is your ally? And she's just looking at me like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I refuse to explain it at this point. So I'm just going like to keep doing so it. have so many things to watch. Yeah. So I thought that was really fucking... I started doing these Bane things and she's just looking at me. I'm like, ah, don't worry about it. I thought that was really funny. But good for Junkie XL. What else you got? Um, and I got one thing. Hit me. Uh, last thing that may lead into uh, the last segment of the podcast. Hit me. Uh, things to enjoy. Sure. Uh, Peter Dinklage. Love him. Uh, signed on to star and executive produce a film for Searchlight Entertainment. Okay. Which is no longer Fox because right. it's Disney, but it's still their independent gotcha. movie thing. Yep. It's a psychological thriller. Sweet. Guess what its title is. What's it called? Keith. Oh, cool. <laughs> I like that. There's already a movie called Keith. Yeah. But, you know, it's not great. But that's yeah. really cool. Fucking it. Is he playing Keith? It says he's starring in it. Yeah. That's the name of the movie. So. I like that. Dinklage as Keith. I hope it's just a sequel to the other shitty rom. It's like a, it's like a teenage rom-com called Keith. I hope it's just. Oh, they're I like saying that. this is a psychological thriller. So, so yeah, they're all grown up. Except, yeah, except in to Keith that. to ruin this like 25 year old movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, in the movie Keith, uh, the main character Keith dies. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe he comes back to haunt. I don't know. Well, that's cool. I like that. That lightens my mood. All right, yeah, two more things. I thought you'd enjoy that. And the why the fuck do we need this file? <laughs> they're remaking a movie mm-hmm. of which all the stars are still alive. Uh-huh. They're remaking She's All That. Ugh. <sighs> Which, um, okay, yep, and um, uh, it's called He's All That. They they know writers have like a whole lot of time on their hands right now, right? It's called He's All That, it's gender bent, so now there's gonna be a nerdy dude that a girl fixes. So Janie Briggs will become, you know, like like the Jack Briggs, girl meets world instead of boy meets world. Uh, and they found their female lead and they found a very popular TikTok influencer, okay, yeah. 
Sounds, don't need sounds like movie. a corporate which, paint by numbers. Right, which <laughs> doesn't bother me as much as the fact that we don't need a remake because she's all that. It's no. not even a classic. Yeah. It's just a thing that Take happened. Take a TikTok star and make a new thing. Yeah. Make anything <laughs> new. We don't yeah. need it. It's not even worth talking that much about. And then finally uh, this week, news to lighten the moods. More than the movie Keith starring Peter <laughs> yeah. Dinklage. Um, Avatar 2. Uh-huh. Uh, it is leaked that a lot of the premise of Avatar 2 has to do with a deleted scene from Avatar 1. Okay. And it's described that's, as... That's a good thing to base your movie off of right. a thing that nobody no, saw. I like this because... Okay. So, uh, well, I guess you, it was originally intended, so... yeah. Do you remember when Jake Sully... Sully. Jake Sully. Jake Sully. And Natiri fuck. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's important. So there's deleted scene With that's the, supposed to the be the same way that they ride their uh, mounts. Yeah, horses, yeah. sure. Yeah. Look, it's an alien culture. <laughs> I'm not going to judge how aliens fuck. Good on. <laughs> I'm just surprised they have uh, matching genitalia. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because he is, like, not fully Navi, and she is. He's kind of like a human hybrid. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, look, just, okay, let's take a step back <laughs> for a second. Jake Sully's got to have a weird-looking dick for both a human and a Navi. Like, he's got a weird-looking face. He's got weird-looking hands he, because he's genetically engineered to be both. Now, after that scene, there's a deleted scene where he touches her abdomen and says something, something about new life. Kind of insinuating mm. that in his first time fucking, he got her pregnant. Okay. Now, the people <laughs> that designed these avatar bodies at no point thought, hey, don't give them sperm, let alone <laughs> don't give them weird dicks. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to rename this podcast to just Jake Sully fucks. <laughs> so, we know he fucks because we saw it. Uh, apparently, the first time out, she gets prego. Uh, wow. But, like... I'm like laughing hysterically at the thought of like they're just like when they're genetically engineering and this like super advanced yeah. situation they're like oh yeah if he wants to go fuck and make more mutants let's let him go do that almost in like a shitty colonizer way like yeah. oh if we breed them to be one eighth or one fourth oh, human God. yeah that's what that oh. screams to me is like let's make sure that they can because most hybrids yeah. are sterile that's like a, like a genetic feature a hybrid especially with alien fucking dna oh god Ugh, yeah, so he's gonna weird. have little weird five-fingered children when they should have four chi- fingers oh boy. and also we think a leaked set picture has sigourney weaver mm-hmm. in a full mocap yeah so she's gonna be a navi yeah she's uh. supposed to be dead i get like she was sucked into the the life tree yeah Maybe it's a oh, vision. I bet weird. he like does a vision with like the life tree, and he sees Grace as a Navi, but it's not physical. It's all in his head. That's, okay, that would make sense. That's what that. my guess, because yeah, there's yeah. no way she's just walking around without a body. Yeah. Yeah, that works for me. Yeah, I'm okay with that. But yeah. most importantly, she could have birthed a Navi. No. Also. A, a three-quarter Navi? One-quarter yeah. human? Right. This also has to say that. Uh, Navi have you know like vaginas and ovaries and birth canals like such a similar situation uh, not necessarily you think his be... his dick could be so unhuman like that it would fit more in Navi situation no, yeah I would imagine that the 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 skin suit <laughs> avatars yeah it's got a name it's made. called avatar <laughs> yeah that they, <laughs> um, it's I, I would imagine that they would have the same genitalia as the uh, as the Navi, 
not just like a weird half human dick hanging out. Oh my god, what if you had two? <laughs> Amazing. Uh I would imagine that they uh yeah, I mean <laughs> no, is there more to it than the the linking of the tails thing? Because like that could be the no, they full there. on fuck. They're they are <laughs> fucking in that scene. Okay, their tails do touch. All or right. their, their their ponytails do touch, but they are <laughs> humping. That is a thing. Uh, well, I mean, I guess you know most uh, almost all species of animal. On, on planet Earth in its history, all boned relatively the same way. Right, but my, my, I guess my <laughs> I mean, point is the way there's only it. one other species we can physically procreate with on the planet. If you, like, spliced us with something else. Well, genetic splicing is is different than straight-up procreation. I, I have a huge problem with this. <laughs> but I love the conversation, and that's why it's due to light the moon. Because I can literally do a dissertation on weird alien dicks. Did you know Klingons have two dicks? Oh, uh, I did not. Klingons have two dicks, and not only do they have two dicks, it's a fucking cannon. <laughs> That was not the word I thought you were going to say. It's fucking canon. Klingons have two dicks. I started. I just imagined pulling down their pants and it's a literal, like, World War One canon. <laughs> it's a fucking canon. No. Like no, if, no. Okay. If I say your dick is a canon, I'm talking about Chris Evans. If I say it is canon, that means that in the world of Star Trek, because oh, in Star God. Trek Picard, we see a Klingon oh. finally pissing on a wall and there's two distinct separate streams. Oh, Christ. And this joke has been around since the next generation days when we found out that uh, Klingons have two of most organs. They have a lot of redundant ones. Mm. So Klingons have two dicks. Makes you think a lot different about Jedzia now. Yeah. Good for her, man. (laughs) And Deanna. And Esri. War fucks. Jake Sully fucks. And War fucks. And you know who else fucks? Chris Evans. This was a weird episode. All right. This is the weird episode to finally have Dan Benjamin and all talk about dicks. Dicks in the beginning, dicks in the end, dicks, dicks, dicks. When in Rome. Yeah. All right. Well, that was our episode for this week. Sorry we cocked it up. All right, guys. Remember, patreon.com slash 5 by 5 at the movies. Uh, I'll draw. Get, get, uh, leave us a review. More dicks? Less dicks? Yeah. What do you want? Uh, if, you, if enough people give us money on Patreon, I'll pay someone to draw Captain America with two Klingon dicks. Uh, <laughs> Or a weird half Navi alien dick. Uh, just give us some money. There's a $1 tier of which we get 37 cents of. Mm-hmm. Feel free to do that or give us more money. Thanks, Dan, for being here to talk about dicks. Yeah. Thank you so much to my guest, Dan Benjamin, finally. I, hey. hope, I hope this is the one episode, because he's never listened to this show. I hope this is the <laughs> one the episode one. he listens to and he's like, wow, he talks about dicks in every episode. Dicks. I promise it's not normally like that. I don't. <laughs> Thank you so much to everyone listening. If you still are, please review us on iTunes if, if you're so inclined. Email us at 5 by 5 film at gmail.com with your opinions on anything we said tonight. We'll read it. We'll talk about it. I want to know what you guys have to say. Oh, tell us not to say anything. We'll do that yeah, too. Yeah, if you're sick of hearing about weird alien dicks, <laughs> uh, we're going to do a special where it's just alien dick episode. All the different alien dicks. Cats have barbed dicks. Uh, (laughs) Ducks have corkscrew dicks. We're going to talk about all of them. All right. Find us on Facebook at 5 by 5 at the Movies. Thank you, Dan Benjamin, Hattie Cook, and the entire 5 by 5 network. We'll see you next week with another 5 by 5 at the Movies. Roll credits. (laughs)